find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just Surfin 18 and today we are doing another two-parter this happens to be the Kurt New York side of diva and I have three wonderful divas with me tonight if they'd like to introduce themselves hi it's RB and I'm C Kerouac on Tumblr hi this is Bethany or B and I am not that B on Tumblr excuse me and I am Slayer Kitty uh I just totally foobarred that. I think I was asleep. <laughs> Try again. Edit that out, and I'll do it again. This is okay. The diva has. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kitty, and I'm Slayer Kitty on Tumblr. Are you sure? I promise it's I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> it's going to okay. go really well for me. I can tell. I'm ready for a tall glass of this is how it is. This is how it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I brought back the biggest divas on the show to be a part of me, part of me, yeah, part of this tonight. Um, <laughs> it just feels so weird to do this on the phone. Okay, so we're talking about Kurt, we're talking about New York, we're talking about divas, and um, we open with Rachel, you know, singing 101, I don't know what, what class they're in, how is Kurt even taking it, because he's you know not what? even... Yada isn't a real school, so this isn't a real class, and this is exactly. some sort of fever dream. Exactly. What the <laughs> hell is free sing? What is it? I don't know. Nobody knows, because it's not a real thing. No, I, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but I'm inferring from the title that it's like, like it's a free period, but you it's need to college. rehearse You're what well, okay. periods in so it's like a, a in, time period during the day in which you get to rehearse, but you have to be like singing or whatever. Of course in, they're doing a whole lot of that. We had a college 
We had in college a thing called studio where everybody, for example, who played the clarinet and was studying clarinet, we had to be part of the clarinet studio. So once a week we had to meet and somebody would play a song. So maybe they're talking about like a vocal studio where, you know, one person gets up and they sing and then basically your peers critique you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I'm think impressed that you're able to make this make some sort of sense. Yeah, me too. so let's go with that. Well, that as the, the most plausible. As the person who went to a college of music, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it still doesn't make much sense. Uh, Kurt to wrangle it into almost making sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess Kurt would even be there too because when we did studio, it was everybody in the studio, everybody that was like freshman up to graduate student, every everybody would be there. We also had a composer <laughs> studio. At four o'clock on a Friday afternoon every week, which well, that's the worst time to have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I know. I don't know. I feel like, and this is, Friday. yeah, this is just like me probably. Four on a Friday. <laughs> this is probably just me, like you know, doing a little bit of that, trying to make it make sense. But I mean, Niana sort of strikes me as a school where your classes may or may not always be based on what quote unquote grade you're in <laughs> reality aside <laughs> so just because Rachel's been there longer than he has doesn't mean they couldn't end up taking the same courses well and yeah I mean, I mean Blaine's she's... going to take all right. of her courses so. and she's she only a semester that ahead of exclusive miming class but how did he get out of the dance with Cassie because he's not in dance class. I don't think, I don't know that he did, that we just don't see it. Um, Kurt Hummel does not need dance. No, yes, he does. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He needs <laughs> no, dance. I'm just kidding. Much as I love the little the little munchkin, he, he needed the dance classes. <laughs> um, so he's sitting there leaning on the piano and... Man, he's um, not happy. <laughs> so I have Shooting to say, laser death is, rays out of his eyes. This is my favorite type of hurt. The <laughs> the snarky, vindictive. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut her down to size, Kurt. Which is also mm -hmm. great because this is also my favorite version of Rachel, which is the clueless. Everybody loves me. I'm the best. Everybody pay attention to me. I'm going to diva this off. So this scene to me is just love. I love this scene so, so much. The <laughs> other thing that I love about this episode is I sort of feel like this is something that has been kind of building for a while. Like for all the we would complain about the Hummelberry friendship in season three and how it was presented. And even the parts of it in season four, when we've been talking about the episodes and, you know, we always talk about how their relationship always felt unbalanced. You know, she always had the upper hand and all the, the way he was written was always to support her and everything else. And so I really felt like, and I think, and I wonder if that's almost why this got written in the sense that, cause they were paying attention to Phantom a lot at the time, Maybe they realize, oh, hey, you know, we got some issues there. Well, well and this they have that back... great line in there from Kurt where, so Rachel's talking about like, you know, we're friends. You should do this for me. And he's like, we're only friends because you mellowed out. And it's, it's a great line. I think that it's very, very true. And it made me, it made me laugh so hard the first well, time. <laughs> 
Um, one thing I kind of going off of that, I mean, yeah, I do think fandom might have been being vocal might have played a part, but I also think that, you know, in the first half of the season, Kurt was so joined at her hip and now he almost gets to be his own person again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, ever since, you know, uh, the winter showcase and being alive and Kurt going out and he's, you know, trying to date Adam and trying to do his own thing and whatever. And when that happens, like, here he's living with Rachel and she's just, he finally, you know, it's kind of like when you live together for, at first, you're like, oh, this is so exciting. And then you, after you've been with each other for an amount of time, it's like, God, you're leaving your hair in the sink and okay. you're using up all the hot water and you're being really obnoxious and singing at 3 a.m. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I just want to shove you in front of a bus. <laughs> So I think that honeymoon period for Hummelberry is definitely over. But also, you know, Brody is being naked all over his vintage chairs. So I'm sure that doesn't help. The other thing is that, um, you know, when he first came to New York, the only person he knew was Rachel. And now that he's been there a few months, he's going in Niata. He's, you know, he's met Adam. He's doing this, that, and the other thing. You know, she's not the only person in his little New York world now. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what else was in that montage, because um, um, the sycophants were talking oh, to Rachel about something. Oh, gosh. So we have the beginning of the sycophants, which please somebody explain to me how they got into the school, because they seem pretty how awful. How did they get in? And Jackie St. James did not. Here's or what Adam I, like, Lambert. Here's uh, what Adam I was Lambert. about. When I was watching the episode, I was thinking about this. They, I mean, I don't know how advanced Niata is, but there could be other parts of it that are for people that aren't necessarily performers, but want to work in the theater world. So maybe they're like costumers or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're really good at that, but they're not really good at performing. Or their parents named the building. I thought Niata was a performing arts school. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hold up great, but that's just kind of how I've like <laughs> rationalized it in my brain. Like maybe okay, they well, weren't good. up against. Maybe they're deceptive looking and they sing really well. Hmm. I don't think so because at the end he's like, and we both know that I'll win. Or maybe Kurt they're Carmen, Carmen Thibodeau's nephews. Yeah, <laughs> how about nephew and boyfriend? Right. <laughs> um, I remember what they were talking about though. They're talking about Funny Girl. Yeah, they're talking about Funny Girl. Oh, they told Rachel she should audition for Funny Girl. That's what it was. Yep. And he's like, I couldn't. Um, And Kurt's just rolling his eyes in the background. Oh, I know. Well, if any harder, they would fall out of his head. I wonder (laughs) if a part of this is also because he says in the montage, she eschews my company for the sycophants. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if he's also just a little bit annoyed that she hangs around these guys. Right, because they'll drink her Kool-Aid and she'll, I mean, she can be that, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. (laughs) And they'll be like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to give her that, whereas Kurt would be like, well. They're giving her a validation Kurt wouldn't give her. He'd just be like, well, yes, you can do it, but I'm not going to sit here and and praise you for hours. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Well, they're then, giving her I mean, validation, and he wouldn't do that, not in that way. She's like, "Oh, I couldn't possibly do this," and he's like, "And then one of the, you know, you're Barbara, Barbara's heir apparent, heir apparent, right?" <laughs> oh. 
and we're gonna sidestep about how reality and how Broadway really works in this episode because <laughs> <laughs> wow and and the rest of the the, the I've just okay <laughs> so okay um, it's so also in this montage um when she's like the phone is ringing and Ugh. Yes. And, and um, she's resting her voice. She's resting her voice. Well, because the next picture uh, on our little scenes list here is Kurt was in a bathrobe with the towel over his shoulder, looking like he'd rather kill her than. Yeah, that's the that's where she, he's talking about um, about her using up the hot water and waking him up in the morning and leaving hair in the sink. So if you scroll down, like I you know, did a picture from you. If this part was of a montage. different show, this would be the point where he wraps that towel around her neck. <laughs> Pretty sure, like and every take, CSI and take care or of the problem started out that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's I not mean, that type of show. No, right? It's not. And I mean, you know, being ugh, roommates are really hard. They just are, especially. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you wrote it in the meta, like how, um, especially for Kurt, who hasn't really ever had a sibling, and neither has Rachel, and you know. Thank God they're not in a dorm because they would kill each other. They would literally <laughs> murder each other. Well, the house is not much bigger. They would have a buffer with other people on the hall. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Or they could be in a six-person dorm room so that they have four of their closest friends. I really <laughs> think that those are literally <laughs> terrible. Which which happens at the end of next year's arc. <laughs> There's like six of them in that loft. When they're all yeah, living they, in the loft, yeah. I mean, I thought it was kind of, this is again, taking reality and making, trying to make sense, but I don't know of very many colleges that let freshmen live off campus. Like, don't you a know, lot of them, you have to live in the dorm, at least. But if it's Niana is a one, um, if it's a one building college, kind of like we have a school of Kendall um, School of Art and Design over here in Grand Rapids. And um, it's just one building. There's no dormitories. There's no campus. So basically you have to live, you know, wherever you can find a place. And I'm guessing like NYU has dorms, but not a whole lot. I mean, usually when you go out like to like that, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you, you'd have to find one. Like it's not like. Plus the- me out as a fake school. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I was even going to say, when I went to OSU, I mean, freshmen weren't required to live in the dorms. I could right? have lived at home with my mom and commuted if I wanted to. See, and I was going to say, where I went to, we we were, unless we could commute. If we can commute, if we lived in Lansing, I might as well just give him my social security number at this point. Um, <laughs> um uh, then if you lived in Lansing, you could definitely commute. But if you didn't, you had to for the first year. Yeah. I so. mean, but like I went to a tiny little, co- well, not tiny. It was pretty big, but it was in a tiny little town where like basically the only thing is the university and freshmen are required. Even if you're from that town, you have to live on in the dorm. Your freshman See, year. And, and I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, every school is going to be different. But, yeah. And I just, I guess, cause I always just assume that was. That's my own kind of a thing, but whatever. So, so yeah. Um, so I think that's all of the montage, unless I'm missing something. No, I think that's oh. it. Okay. So then we get uh, the next scene has got to be one of the best Hummelberry scenes ever written. We just set the stage. Um, we have um, 
Rachel, and I wouldn't even know what, like, why would you even ask? She's like, do you want to go make me some tea? And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, (laughs) I am going to defend Rachel a little bit here and say, if, um, if my roommate was already making tea, I would definitely say, hey, can you just make me a cup too? But he wasn't making tea. Like, he was just walking. That's true. <laughs> he went out well, no, walking he and she's like, oh, thank you. Uh, my butler needs to make this for me. Right. <laughs> Please, go forth. Okay, and Well, but does, he slams the, 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 the tea kettle on the stove. I think he was going to make something. And then she's like... You know, can I can I please have some tea? Or you know, we she doesn't even say it nicely. She's like, get me some no, tea. No, she and, did not and say it nicely. He's like, fine, I'll just go down to the store and get you some. You know, and she's like, that was rude. <laughs> I love I love the scene so much because really, mm. this is my this is my favorite version of Rachel. I love self absolved, um, self absorbed, and self involved Rachel, who is just clueless to all of the social niceties that should be happening between people especially people that you ostensibly care about Mm. right and all of her all of her terrible season one tendencies have flared up again you know what it's interesting just as a an aside and i wonder if this kind of comes out of you know before this and in naked she kind of is like okay i need to she reverts a little bit back to season one rachel and i wonder if this is kind of also like a combination of her trying to be her old self with the the bad tendency she has with her new self has it, it's gotten out of control. Um, I also think I also think she's just gotten really comfortable with Kurt, and she's kind of you know we I can't remember which episode is it I think it's the Valentine's one in season three. I mean you know she kind of is treating Kurt like one of her dads like they would mm-hmm. make her tea all you know what i mean like she's just gotten really comfortable with him and is completely oblivious to how she's treating him absolutely um well, you and know, else on I the other of... hand oh, no. so on the other hand this is also her self-defense mechanism so in the first season she basically has to build this giant wall around herself going i know that i'm the best i'm amazing why won't you people understand it because she has no friends and she feels, you know, mm-hmm. out of place in McKinley, and she doesn't well, have that kind of. And so moving, so Niana is a new place. You know, she may not be doing it consciously and feel like, you know, oh, I'm intimidated. But it's a, it's a new place with a bunch of people who are just as talented as she is. And I kind of think that a little bit of it may be a some self defense that's popping back up in how she interacts with people mm-hmm. who she who she feels like aren't going to dump her at right sign. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering if, because she hadn't really acted like this too much up until this point, but Kurt's been at Niata for what, two episodes now? Mm-hmm. And it is two, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm wondering if him being at Niata is bringing up, old insecurities and so the reason why she's acting like that is because i mean you know he got in after all you know after everything he got in and she's really happy for him but he got in so now he's back to being competition well and then he even says he oh i'm sorry go ahead 
I was probably going to bring up what you were going to say, that they go into the Winter Showcase thing and, right. and um, you know, he says you've been a nightmare ever since Winter Showcase. And then what, I don't remember what, she says something and then he says, my performance blew you away. Yeah, she says, you've been jealous since I won Winter Showcase. And yeah. he says, you may have won, but I was the I was the one everybody was talking about. So that's gotten her pretty upset. Not upset, but like brought up all those insecurities too. I don't know. Like, it's a little bit upset. He threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. This entire conversation is throwing down the gauntlet. Well, it, yeah, also, upset. it also holds one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the entire series. Which is when he tells her that he threw that note. Damn straight. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean watching these episodes live and that's still one of my favorite yeah. moments. The noise I made when that line came out of his mouth and he said that I I can't even describe it for you. It was just <laughs> well cuz that's not dolphin noises and shrieking and just open mouth staring at my screen because I was like it, and it took her down yeah. right off right off of that high horse that she was on. Well, and, yeah. To set, how, I can't, jeez, this is why I'm frustrated. That I don't Hang on, I'm, I'm reading through your notes. <laughs> I'm like, how does it get it there? It says, I her, so her rebuttal is that Carmen only let him in because of her. And he says that... Um, his, oh, his performance at the Winter Showcase blew hers away and claims he can do it again. Then he drops a big bombshell. He threw their original diva off back in wheels and because he takes the note on purpose to spare his dad. And she says, you take that back. And he <laughs> says, I can't. It's true time. true time. I love it. I love it so much. No, I remember watching this and I'd be like, oh my God, he's going to say it. Oh my God, he's going to bring it up. Oh my God, he's going to do it. Yes, he did. <laughs> And, well, and then her just reason, utter like she just deflates like a balloon. Well, and I before that she's got that where she's making herself tea and she's she's like, he's like, oh, I would take you on again, and she's like, I wouldn't do that, babe. And she's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Mm, I'm gonna do it. And then oh, and then God. she says something which and and you have it noted here, and I don't know if I believe this or not, and it's really interesting if it's true but i don't think it's entirely true she says that all of her self-confidence was based on that win well, that's I what she says actually, in the episode i think it actually is has some truth because yeah, it's from the too. first season and um i actually just watched this episode not too long ago she's really nervous like that whole episode she's mm -hmm. freaking out about it and she's like they're not going to vote for me because they like kurt better and she really put a lot of her um, self-confidence on that performance. Now, he has every right to tell her exactly what really happened, but I totally believe her when she says that she ha that's where a lot of her self-confidence came from because it was her first big win. Like, it was the first time that she won something because she was good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and I love that she said she says that, you know, I this was the foundation I, you know, built everything on, and he goes, consider it cracked. <laughs> <laughs> This, is, this, is my this whole exchange uh, is gold. Yes. And it makes it's, me sad that we don't see this Kurt as often as I would like to see this Kurt because 
You know, I had another kind of side tangy thought about this when I watched it this last time. This is a Kurt who I don't think is getting laid either. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I really oh. don't. Yeah, actually, I was thinking the same He's thing. He's a little pent up. He's he pent is. up. I think, and I mean, this would could go totally off the rails, so I won't bring it up too much, but um, I was thinking the same thing, and I think it's a lot of the reason why I do is right after this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because I was thinking about he oh yeah, I do it after this. Issues to work out. Yeah. With Blaine. Well, not even that. I think yeah, it's not literally just in general. Just sex. Like yeah. he is not getting laid. He's not getting like well, if you assume that let's assume that he hasn't had sex Mommy with anyone. Yeah, since <laughs> let's assume that because we can't know for sure what's going on with him and Adam, so we can't swear to it. But if you assume that, then he hasn't had sex since September. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that he and Blaine hooked up over Christmas, but that's my own personal. We can't and... prove. Yeah, it, we can't though. prove yeah. it though. No, absolutely so possibly not. since Christmas, but most likely or possibly most since likely September. since September. One night, so. if that if that did happen, one night over what five months is not very much. And this so is still beginning feeling, of February, so right. He's still feeling. I yes, I agree that he's he's pent up. He's he's a man who or a person who doesn't touch very easily, and so he gets a lot of like that feeling that filling up from intimacy, and he's not getting that kind of intimacy right now. Filling up, yeah, yeah he's well, not getting his cup. She's RV. <laughs> <laughs> I was just filling up, that's and RV so hard. <laughs> we just, you know, I know I can't even say that sentence either because she will lose it. <laughs> Please, do. but yes. Okay, you can edit it out if you need to if it goes to a bad place. I was going to say, we need to get a rim shot for RV for every time she says something. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe <laughs> that phrase because that's not what I meant. <laughs> she just really needs to, you know, shoot it into the basket. Oh, God. <laughs> get it. <laughs> you told me to say no, it. It's my fault because I stopped Bethany from whatever nice to- topic she was talking about to acknowledge that RB had said something. So, <laughs> it's my fault. Boy, okay. The wrong choice. <laughs> to back to whatever family friendly discussion we were having there. Okay. Oh, I'm uh, done. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> really getting his hands on the situation. <sighs> he was, but, yes. So yes, so. that was my point. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if I buy Adam, you know, Kurt and Adam doing anything. Maybe they've made out, maybe, but I just don't really like, I don't Kurt's know. just got, I don't know. It just doesn't feel it. I, mean, I never uh, thought it either, but on the flip side of that, I mean, just like with the whole, you know, did did he and Blaine over Christmas or didn't they? We don't really know, so I can't say Yeah, you can't. We can, yeah. I've, I've seen it written, like, in fan fiction both ways, very convincingly. Yeah. So that's why mm-hmm. whenever this issue comes up, I don't really pick a side. I feel, I mean, I know I feel like sex <laughs> is like a cop-out, but no, really, I think that there's no one right answer, so why, like... Because you know. canon doesn't give us an exact Anything. answer. I mean, but you know, either one I can don't apply. think he would rather that... straddle the issue. 
Jesus Christ. You know what? That'll be issue, Arby. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Your hands in both pots. (laughs) (sighs) Make sure that you're open to the possibilities. Gaping, even. I don't necessarily think that I do comes out of completely nowhere. Um, No. I would completely agree. See the so anyway, you is and we can talk about more than we get there. It's just I really, really, really want to know how they got in that situation in the opening scene and the that they're in in the first place. Oh like, yeah, I really need some context there because that would explain that would actually clear up a lot of what's happening um, behind the scenes context. with Kurt. Context. Aww. Sorry, Katie, you're not getting me. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, context. Please. Anyway, back to this uh, okay. episode. So <laughs> what is next, anyway? <laughs> Kurt is wearing this fabulous gray and red, or maybe it's a maroon striped shirt with a white vest on Not the front. Right. Oh, wait, no. Before that, that, that one. before that happens, Rachel and Brody are walking yes, down I was gonna the hallway, say, yep. and Rachel's oh. like, Oh, what is this midnight madness thing that I agreed to do because b- without knowing anything about it? Brady, please do the exposition here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know just it's so funny to me again that Kurt knows, you know, he knows what midnight madness is. He knows, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and knows how to research and obsession. Kind of shit. Kurt is prepared. He's just Sherlock, prepared. He's Sherlock Kurt knows what's going on. <laughs> and I'm just over here going, Rachel, do you even go to school here? Right? Yeah. Like, like how do you not know about that? basically that gift from Mean Girls. She doesn't even go here. She doesn't <laughs> even go here. <laughs> but I mean, it's, not, it's not out of character for Rachel to not quite have a grip on things that are going on that don't involve I mean, her directly. Because right, like she's, Kurt, she's been shown to need some exposition, especially regarding Niata previously. Right, because Kurt would, had to tell her about Cassie July. Yeah. He told her about... He told oh, her about, he had to tell her about the envelopes for the, the winter showcase. Yeah, the envelopes yep. for the winter showcase. Even I mean, back in, in season everything. three, even back in season three, he had to... Uh, well, no, she did say something about Carmen Thibodeau, so she actually knew a little bit back then, but it still felt like he's always known yeah, more. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just, going going with my giant Game of Thrones rewatch, she's Jon Snow. She knows nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's... I like Jon Snow. I know I, I love Jon Snow I so much. I wasn't saying that mean. I say I that love. I just Snow so much. He doesn't snow anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so Brody geez. fills her in that it's kind of, you know, Niata's fight club. And... Which is <laughs> so ridiculous. Um... It doesn't but also, mean that everybody except for one of them is made up and really a function of a fragile masculinity who's not able to exist in the real world. Yes. Is this brilliant? It is if you're Rachel. <laughs> no, it's Fight Club. Um, so then the sycophants show up and they just start making fun of Kurt. And, and I do well, yeah, like... They, they say he's going to be awful and that he has a turtle face. Which I don't because really they see, can't, but okay. They can't. Because they can't the writers don't know how to insult him. The writers don't know how to insult him properly. Well, yeah, it'll take until Santana and season six rent to really do it. Now, but now that um, was an insult. <laughs> but but the, like, 
toothpick arms in season three. Yeah, we're getting over that. And the turtle face thing. He does not have a turtle face. I don't even no, know what a turtle not. face is. I don't, I don't know. know. Sometimes when he makes certain expressions, I could see turtle face. Okay. But see, it's when I nose. think of turtle, when I think of turtle face, I think of like a head poking out. You know what I mean? Like. Like somebody with no face. neck. Yeah. I think they were trying to comment like on the icon that you're using here on Skype because that's turtle face. <laughs> Me? I think it's a comment yeah. about his nose, to be honest. Yeah, it probably is, to be. Okay. But my, and I'm my not point... saying they're right. I'm just saying that I that's the only thing I can think of just looking. I and I'm not no... I'm not saying it as a, like because I know some people are like, oh, you can never like insult these characters. I'm like, I don't care. You can insult Kurt. That's fine. But I just don't particularly see. I'm like Santana in her rant in season six was mostly right. But <laughs> you know. I didn't get the pancake thing, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> oh, pancake! That's another podcast. <laughs> another... <laughs> Oh man, but, but yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, but I do like what I was gonna say is I do like that Rachel does take a second and say, you know what, right. Kurt earned his way in here too, and you know she doesn't join the deliciousness nice here, right? Because she's he's still somebody that's very important to her. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you have siblings and you can say whatever the fuck you oh, wanted yeah. to about them, but anybody else says anything on, and they're dead. The, uh, the pod. Was it Saturday? Was it the Girls and Boys on Film podcast? That what? That I brought this up. That I always felt yeah. like uh, with the group that, especially with some of them, like Santana, with them, mm-hmm. it's yes. This is my family. I can say whatever the hell I want about them because they're my family. But mm-hmm. if you do it, I'm gonna tear your hair out. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what when we talked, which is funny because this is this is gonna air before that one. So anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> got a spoiler spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> so so yeah so and i like that kurt comes along and he's like this is just petty gossip right like whatever you guys and i'm not um, going anywhere isn't yeah. remotely anything near the worst thing it's ever been said about him no i mean or no, will someone is... once threatened to kill him for existing so i think everything else is just kind of you know mm-hmm. not really going to get to him but it is another blow in a bag full of blows that he's been dealing with his entire life. Yeah. So it's still going to hurt him, even if he doesn't let it show that it's hurting him. You know what I mean? That's true. They also make fun of Adam's apples. And it's again, like the show choir. I don't choir understand and it, that. I it's, I, yeah, I'm like, you're at a performing arts school. It's How a club. It's a show <laughs> choir. It's a show choir club. Like I mean, there's nothing ironic about show choir. Come on. <laughs> I don't necessarily understand the consistent digs at Adam's apples, but other than uh, that, it's all I can think but... is that maybe they—I don't know—maybe they knew they were going to get flack about it, so they were beating the fandom to the punch. I don't know. I don't even think so. I. It doesn't make That's any okay. sense to me. That's okay. There's or a maybe line they just, on. no matter what school you're at, they always think the Glee Club is going to be treated like awful. <laughs> Which is not true at all. It's not. Whatever. Not any school that I ever went to was a Glee Club ever treated remotely anything like on this show. No, And I went either. to a school in Ohio, so I know from what I speak. <laughs> and I went to a school in Illinois, and I was in, I mean, we called it show choir, but... I mean, I was yeah, in show choir, choir, and we were horrible. We were not good at all, and we still didn't get made fun of like that. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't work and like I, that. Yeah, I don't know. And I was in marching band in a small town, and still was not whatever. 
Well, no, the band was always cool. We did chamber choir. I was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Our B of not spoken in like 10 minutes, and that's what you're... <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure that when I came back in, that it was for an important part. And it's more important. I mean, afterwards, I can give you my best Vivaldi. So. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I do a solid loud on this tag. Will you sing all the parts for the four seasons? <laughs> <laughs> I love Vivaldi. I mean, you know what else is kind of amazing? There's not really any like, I guess maybe because the this whole show is just bent on like Broadway. But there's, I would like to think that there was be some kind of operatic chapter of this yeah. school. We, uh, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen was when um, I went to New York and there was a benefit concert and a lot of the people, there was a lot of Broadway performers that, um, of that current season doing stuff. And then they had an opera singer and she came in and she just blew everybody away with her vocal. T- I mean, just it's like, holy hell, that's a whole nother level of vocal technique. Oh, so. I, have a couple of, I have a couple of friends who are professional opera singers and it's just like, I love everything that's coming out of your face. So, I love I opera. love I love opera. Like, I can't make I noise too. like that but I will stare at you adoringly while you <laughs> <Yeah>. do it <laughs> I love opera I used to get like um well this is completely off topic but I would like at work I would have a YouTube opera up and I'd be like watching it and people would walk by my desk and like what are you watching I'm like Lemis or I don't know something <laughs> Carmen <laughs> Carmen, yeah. Sometimes you just need a little Madonna butterfly. I mean, yeah. I mean, my kids watched a Pavarotti special the other day. <laughs> Culture. They were it's not a bad thing. The, they were grinding from the TV, and I was like, "This Pavarotti special is on PBS, and y'all bitches are gonna watch it." <laughs> and I bet they fucking learned something. They actually, I, they did sit and watch it. Like they had to read. They were they were grounded, so they had to read, and. uh they all sat and listened and watched and read their books and were quiet for an hour and a half. So thank you, Pavarotti. Yep. No. Okay, okay, I have no idea. What that comes discussion, uh, okay, so after it says after they walk away, he deflates because he doesn't like being made fun of, but Elysia didn't let him see it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's Midnight Madness. Midnight Madness. So can I just comment on something that I don't even know if you mentioned in your notes here that I'm looking through. I'm just looking at your pictures. Why are all of these people wearing variations on black? (laughs) Because it's because because they're secretive. They're trying to be secretive. Are they supposed to be looking like stagehands wearing all black behind the scenes? (laughs) Yes. Actually, that's probably exactly what they're trying to do. That's probably exactly it, but I've never noticed that until just now. But how secretive can you be when you smuggle in an in like a nine piece string orchestra and a fucking harp? You have a harp. I mean, maybe the harp was already there. But I mean, that does not look like the room that the harp would have been in. No, it looks like the one dance room they have. Yeah, they have one room. Can somebody get me into the freight elevator? I've got to move my harp. You know. You know, it kind of reminds me, okay, so when I was a kid and I watched Everybody by the Bell, it didn't occur to me that every single classroom was the same one, that they just redressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get older, you realize, like, oh, you know, they're on a set and they only have one room, so they're kind of redress the set. And now every time I watch all of this Miata stuff, you can just tell it's on the same 
same thing. Every every time they try to make they it just a turn little all bit the different. lights out and move some stuff around. <laughs> yeah. and they're in the dance. They're in the dance room. That's where yeah. they are. Well, but even through season five, it's only one room. Yeah, it really so. is just one big room, and they just change it to how Except they. Except when to they go. go to the Disney theater. Thingy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, which is absolutely gorgeous. I wish they had been there more. Yeah, yeah. so pretty. Um, so is Adam wearing black too? I don't remember. Uh, do you have a picture of him? You I do not have a picture no, of him. No, you, you don't have, have a picture any of these him. shots. I think that he is. I mean, ever pretty much everybody. I want to say, black. isn't he wearing a beanie? No, I'm sure he is. He always. I don't is. think he is. He's wearing a beanie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's shit. not in the scene. Go later. look him up. He's not in the scene later. But anyway, so we get into Midnight Madness and um, they have to, you know, and it was a sign of the times that they did bring him home. Um, does anybody, was it one of you guys or was somebody else that was telling me that they had wished they had done something different here? It wasn't me. I wasn't, wasn't me. It, but I do wish they had done something a little more upbeat and less depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and to have, I don't know, this, maybe that's just me, but a lot of, most of the times, especially with Kurt, you know, if they do a song, they're not going to just pick the hot thing right then. They're going to do something that's a little bit more meaningful to the, to the story. And this just, I mean, I know I've seen people meta it. I, it just seems like they, Les Mis was a thing at the time and they're doing mm-hmm. this one. And I kind of, uh, I kind of wish there was a little bit more to it, but. I mean, I would completely agree. I think that it was just that Les Mis came out around this time and they wanted to do they wanted to do a song that would complement both of them. Yeah. So fun thing, when I was watching it for the first time today at lunch, when I was Wait, you've never seen it before? Any? No. <laughs> I was gonna say she hasn't seen any of season four, no, have you? No, I I to- Hey, this is the first time I watched it. So I didn't know that that was the song they were gonna sing. So I was getting myself hyped up as like, yeah. What exciting song are we going to sing? What are you going to kill? And it's like, bring him home. I was like, really? Really? Yeah. This is what could you imagine if they did like a huge letdown for someone who did not know that that was coming? Well, and I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, because I I understand that Broadway, uh, they'd want to do Broadway standard, but there's so many like fast songs that you could do. I mean, just think about what Emma's going to do and I do. Like, there's some really amazing things, and now they're just kind of falling back on the standard Rachel solo. I, okay, so so that she sense. can have her face when she yeah. sings because she was okay. Rachel I have face. answered the question. <laughs> Adam is wearing what looks to be a dark blue button down. He's not and wearing no a beanie. beanie. Nope. No I beanie. I just found it as you were saying that. I was like, oh <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Anyway. I needed to know for my sanity. She is, and it's all sparkly, and you know what? I like it. And I almost almost always don't care for what she's wearing, but this is one of the times that I I, I would wear that. It's really pretty. It's all sparkly, like midnight, like stars and everything like that. Yes. It's gorgeous. Very very well done fashion choices. The only thing I don't have have for her. I mean, yeah. their costuming department is top notch mm-hmm. for sure. The only thing that kind of weirds me out, and I'm as I'm looking through some of these pictures, some other people are on chairs too. But it really weirded me weirded me out when I was watching it the other day that she is like on a chair above everybody who's sitting on the floor. I think she's, a, she's in a dress. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's because she's wearing I a guess. dress. That's true. But, 
Okay, so my two cents on this performance here. Um, I think, first of all, I think they both really do a good job. I, I'm going to give Leah Michelle some credit because everybody knows that I, her voice drives me nuts half the time. <laughs> and she, um, she really, she hits the notes. She's really good at this performance, except for the last note that she completely screeches into and almost ruins the whole thing. But I think that this is a very even performance, I think, because Kurt kills the song. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that they are. I think that I wasn't a fan of either of them. Her performance is lacking emotionally. Well, which and that's is... what I was. What I was going to say on both, because this has no context, because the song doesn't mean emotionally anything to either one of them. Even Kurt, like getting more into it and tearing up a little bit, I just didn't like watching rewatching the scene. I'm like, okay. Like this is very pretty and it's it, it's nice to listen to, but there's nothing that really moves me in this performance because it just feels like a contextless song. It sounded like they were both phoning it in. I mean, I just Ooh. and maybe it was because I was upset that I thought I was gonna get some big belting blockbuster and I got this, and so maybe I'm slightly bitter and uh-huh. whatever. That's fine. But <laughs> oh, I'm I not terribly bit- impressed at either either of their performances or the way that they blended them together. It was Ooh, very, very choppy. It was not great. Not impressed. I, they did a, they did a much better They've done job it better with, um, with defying gravity. See, and it's or funny because I think that me Argentina has done, was done better than that. Oh, that's right. Defying gravity was at least like, you could tell Kurt and Chris weren't exactly at her caliber. Um, so I'm really impressed that they were able, like, he's grown so much as a singer that he could keep up with her. Um, but it does, like, not, ha- like, again, for me, uh, it's the con- not having any kind of context, not having any kind of, you know, reason for them to be singing the song other than to, like, challenge each other. There, it just doesn't, you know, resonate. And Bethany, you've been saying, trying to say something. We keep cutting <laughs> off. So what do you? Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say I am in complete disagreement. I love this song. I love I love both of them in it, and I actually do see, I mean, I guess there's not really a whole lot of context, but I do see a lot of emotion from both of them in it, so I guess I'm just going to sit out here by myself. No, that's okay. <laughs> you were allowed to disagree. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I disagree with RB all the time. We're okay. I know. I'm just It's kidding. all good. I don't take it personally. But, I mean, I, wrong, mean, I, I don't take it personally. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I mean, like, I... For me, when I look when I watch this number, I see the Hummelberry relationship over the past three years, three or four years, mm-hmm. like fighting with each other and yet still loving each other in a way that doesn't really make sense, but that makes sense to them. And I mean, but is also kind of maybe a little bit on the unhealthy side because neither like they, they aren't they're ever a even. little codependent. They're codependent, yes, but they're also, they can never find, what's the word I'm looking for? They can never find an evenness in their relationship. Like, they can't ever be just supportive of each other. It's like one of them has to be down in order for the other one to be up. And unfortunately, Kurt usually gets the down part where he's lifting Rachel up. And that's a whole other thing. But when I look at the song, I just, like, I see the two of them, like, in that in that relationship 
battle like how the emotion is from the entire series and that's okay that if i'm the only one that's perfectly fine but i i really do love it and i love the lines that they each get i mean it's just it's one of my favorite uh, i don't know if i'd go so far but it's a lot it's a really good song from for the two of them in my opinion all right you own that and that's how he sees it yeah, and that's how B sees it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so uh, they both have their their um, their moments, and um, they Brody, pick a winner by choosing sides. Sides, yeah. Uh, Brody does not vote; he gets to be like the counter. And well, I mean, he's um, basically the vice president. He only votes in the matter of a tie. So, like, is he? This is completely off subject, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on that. But you guys think he's like older than the two of them? Like he's like a maybe yes. a sophomore? Yeah, because in the beginning he's a junior. He even in the first episode, which I believe is when he yeah we, in the first episode he says he's like a junior or senior. Oh, or he does. Was, okay. Yeah, so Adam's a junior, so he's older than them too. Yeah, is he? Well, yeah, I knew Adam was older, yeah. but I didn't realize he was that much. I believe twenty-two and sophisticated. <laughs> Oh, I believe right, in Sadie right, right. Hawkins. He said he was a junior. Yeah, and t- twenty-two and sophisticated. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Everybody twenty-two super sophisticated at twenty-two. Paul is twenty-two and, I'm not and sophisticated. sophisticated yet. I'm waiting for everyone to stop and go. What? I'm a classy <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Nobody caught what I just butts. did there. I'll just sit in the corner. <laughs> He's sophisticated. I called him Paul. Butts. Come on, people. Paul, oh, I, I don't get it. That. Cause it's, when he was really first Paul. announced as a character, there were sides that were leaked that referred to him as Paul. Oh my god, Adam. I completely forgot about yes. that. And we were making jokes on the Sadie Hoggins podcast what the, the group would have been named if it was Paul. He was so Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hate people. A really horrible <laughs> one that I'm not going to say. Paul's pears. <laughs> okay, I was going with Paul's penises. Well, of course, because if you know you're thinking it, RB will say it. Right. <laughs> it's a wonderful relationship that we have. <laughs> She's living in my brain, man. <laughs> it's a really overwhelming just... place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say something? And you guys, Pam, you can totally cut this out if you want to. But I feel like I remember around this time in fandom when this song was released, people were like, they didn't think that Kurt should have won. They thought Leah did a better, really? Rachel did a better job. I yeah. remember that. Yes, I was. Oh, not I remember one of those that. people, and I didn't see a lot of it on my dash. But I remember that discussion that when the songs were released, and they're like, uh, "I don't think you should have won," but I think his is better. I but do. Too. I, I do maybe too. I'm biased because I, I love Kurt. I don't know, but I mean, I will be straight up and down tell you that I I love Leah Michelle's voice. I oh, own both albums, so I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was like a like a stand well, thing, gave, like you know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. But then it they probably gave her, was. They gave her the last note, so people were like, you know what I mean? Like, should she have won because she? I don't know. I just remember a lot of there was a lot of it on my dash. No, that's just point, because they like it when Rachel people. No, they just like it when Rachel like belts out that. She, but this one, she it's her worst because she screeches into it. So it's not like la, it's like ah, and you're just like, 
Stop. That's it's bad. called a slide and I don't know. Don't. Yeah. Okay, you guys, I'm just, as a, you know, here's the thing. Um, I don't have very much vocal training, but I've talked to people that have, and that will ruin your voice, and it sounds messy. Do not slide into your notes. No, just hit no, no, them. No, 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 no. It's bad for your vocal cords. It I is. did know that it was bad for your vocal cords. Yeah, yes. Leah's going to have just an aw- She's going to ruin her voice, poor girl. I'm, I don't want her to do that. Listen. Um, I mean, in all honesty, if you listen to her when she was in, um, shoot. Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. If you listen to her voice when she was in Spring Awakening compared to what she does now, it's very obvious that she has done a little bit of damage. She yeah, had, well, and yeah, the- and I was gonna say even her, tra- she, you know, you can tell at the beginning of Glee that she was very trained, yeah. and by the end of it, she's lost a lot of that training mm-hmm. um, because people she, were, you know, and it just makes me sad a little bit because. But I, she also was trying to she was trying to get her voice rougher too because she wanted to do the more poppy things as well. Mm-hmm. Still, but, but anyway, um, I was gonna say like that's what happened to Julie Andrews. I'm gonna show my my fanny my fanny my fandom ridiculous. You're gonna show your fanny. I know, right? <laughs> you walked right into that one. And depending on which country you're in, that could be the front for or all the back. my European and Australian friends. <laughs> right, fanny. <laughs> Not Bethany. I know, right? No. (laughs) Because her voice, she had such a high range and she would get like, do do the thing, do the thing. And so she would go from one note and she'd slide all the way up and then it ruined her voice and she had to get um, the notes taken off. And then she like the surgery killed her like it like she can't sing anymore. Yeah, she had a really mm-hmm. early version of that surgery. They do it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's improved a lot more now. Oh yeah, for she, sure. She was she was on the wrong end of that, and I mean, that that's a tragedy because she is. Magic. She had such a great voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so that's neither here. That's nor there. the lesson of this podcast: don't slide don't into your slide notes. into your notes. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the episode, there really isn't a whole right. lot of episodes. So, so to be fair, the next scene is <laughs> no, wait, so, wait, wait, okay. We have to okay, still do... No. Oh, finish. Okay, finish. Um, we have to... Um, so, basically, they split in half. They almost... They're pretty close. Apparently, the closest in any Midnight Madness ever for, you know, the of year that they've been doing this. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't believe that this is tradition. has been for, like, 30 years or anything. Um, that in Kurt George wins. Washington crossed so. the line <laughs> to vote for Thomas <laughs> Jefferson against Aaron Burr. They knocked down all their monuments. I mean, whoops. If Hamilton taught us nothing. Oh, man. But, yeah. So, I I don't... I think it's subjective. I just... Okay, coming from a person with a musical background, I think it's pretty even. I don't see somebody... I cannot sit here and say, wow, this person is so much better. In the first one, I could. I can definitely say Rachel was a better vocalist at that Mm -hmm. point. Here, it's even. It's dead even to me. Um, my bias will lean it towards Kurt, especially since Rachel killed that last note. Um, but, I, you know, I don't think there's, it's just preference at this point. Um, so uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, with, and especially with the two of them, when you just have two people and they're just singing the same song and if they're, you know, of equal talent and they're not doing anything showy, it's, you know, how can you really compare that anyway? But whatever. So, so anyway, in the back, I also, the other thing I wanted to mention, 
in the back when Kurt's singing, like Rachel's like looking at her nails and not paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but then when um, also we got a, we got him a shout out to Adam who is looking at Kurt very adoringly. And I'm like, oh, you little puppy, this is not going to happen for you. So nope. I feel bad. You obviously like him more than he likes you. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, so now moving on, whatever is next, because okay. I don't know. So it's the I, have closest. Say, I have to bring this up because it's just such a random. Okay, the the cap that you took for this next scene. Yeah. Kurt is standing in front of this poster, and there's the the poster is blue, and it's of a guy in a black shirt, and I can't read what's written on it but there's a chain going off the side of the poster and I can't tell if he's <laughs> pulling on the chain if he's in chains what's happening here I am so totally distracted by it and the only thing I can make out in the little in the right hand corner is it looks like there's a figure dancing on like on point you sure it's not the guy with the microphone like no this is a poster hanging on the wall at Niata. I know, and I thought it was like of a guy singing into a microphone. But I is see. that what he's doing? Because maybe Kurt's standing in front of the microphone. But why is there a chain? I don't know. I'd have to see it. I'll have to pull that up. This is it's, it's in your you takedown section. Like, usually, usually when I when I do these and I have my my list right here and I have all the screenshots and you just stare at the screenshots long enough that you start to pick up weird things in the background and everything. I am just so <laughs> totally distracted by this poster right now. I want to know more. Well, when I when I go back and I I um go through I'll go through it again and check. So um so anyway, what is the scene? I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, I believe this is uh, Kurt feels bad because he's known the score of Les Mis since he was a kid. Oh, because okay, so he and Adam are talking, and um, Adam actually tells him, you know, you shouldn't feel bad because you know you're awesome. And Kurt's like, yeah, well, I had an advantage, you know. And he's like, no, you're awesome. But you know, it's kind of funny because unlike in Sadie Hawkins, where Adam was like, you know. You know, take this compliment. You're going to do this. Adam doesn't seem as assertive or confident in this particular episode as he did in Sadie Hawkins. But, I mean, how much do we get to know Adam anyway? So That's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then... The sycophants show up. Yep. And they're like, Ooh. hey, we have to go, you know, to open call and get um Now they're telling him he needs to audition for yeah. Funny Girl. Yep. <laughs> oh, me, oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, she's not wrong. I'm not wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, they're then... sycophants after all. Oh god. Yeah, I love that they don't even get names. They're just sycophants. They're sycophants. They don't need names. What, you want to humanize them or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the Warblers got some names. I mean, um, yeah, but the Warblers like, were around like, for a little bit longer. And the Warblers are way better. The Warblers are delightful. <laughs> that is true. Warblers. Warblers. I love Warblers. So, yeah. So, and I love and Kurt gets some really great lines about. Oh, I love it. Challenging them to Midnight Madness. And he's like, so you better get used to seeing me and my turtle face or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I just like, that's such a great moment for him. Well, he's just he's like the only reason. This is why I'm like, how did they get it? Because he's like the only reason you go around 
like kissing people's asses is because you think that you can't make it without anybody else. So, yeah. And, I mean, it probably was a nepotism kind of a thing, or they, their parents donated a bunch of money. I mean, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Adam in the background because Kurt's like, you know, don't you ever talk smack about Adam's apples again? And, and Adam, he's so sweet. He's just like, oh, Kurt, you're so wonderful and amazing. And I'm just like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Adam, honey. We need honey. Adam to talk. <laughs> oh, honey. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, that was me. Sorry. I don't really care about Adam all that much, but I do feel bad for him sometimes. I I don't really I like it would have been interesting had the story been fleshed out a little bit more and they had gotten more beats and and Adam would have been a a real character because right now he really only He exists. was so close to being a real boy. Yeah, they never really made it. He well, only really exists. Not come and fix that. <laughs> what? What? The blue fairy didn't come and make him a real oh, the blue fairy. Oh. I was like, what? Like See, Pinocchio, not in Cinderella. Liked, you know, all of my comments more. don't work. I figure a solid 90% totally, totally makes up for it. Truth. I would have liked Adam more if there had been more drama after Kurt and Blaine got together. I don't, like, that would have made it more interesting to me. I didn't really need anything here. That's just my personal opinion, though. Well, I, just, I mean, he's fine. Brody is a more developed character than Adam. Well, Brody's in more episodes and he's in more scenes and he gets more mm-hmm. lines. Like, Adam only exists to be this person that to be not Kurt blame. Can, Yeah, to be not blamed for five seconds. And I always didn't like the criticism of. You know, like everybody, like the 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 Kurt non Blaine fans were all all happy about Adam because all he did did was you know compliment Kurt all the time, and like Kurt deserves to be complimented and worshipped all the time. And I'm like, really? That just doesn't like that's not interesting. That's just no. blind worship, and that's not fun. And like right. I wanted that's a Adam different to be... type of unhealthy relationship. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but, I think that they were trying to do. They were trying. I think in the the writer's brain, they were trying to create a second lightning strike, and it didn't work. And so they just were like, "Meh, we're not." Gonna I do don't think they were it. necessarily trying to get another lightning strike. I think that they just wanted to prolong. They like they had more development of Blaine that they wanted to do. They knew that they were going to be gone or separated this entire season. They didn't want to do a long. They you know, they wanted to give in more story mm, in between fair. them breaking up and them getting back together. Um had this character really taken off, then yeah, maybe we could do more with it, but because of the stuff in Sadie Hawkins and because of the legal stuff and because of the behind the scenes stuff and whatever, he Adam just never really uh, went anywhere. So he, by the time the audience was already content. against him before the episode even aired, and and that's right. Glee's fault and not the actor's fault. Yeah, right. So, you know, they had. I'm guessing he was contracted for three episodes, and when his three because Darren was originally only three episodes, wasn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So when he three, was contracted for um, uh, seven, no, six, seven, and and nine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, ha- you know, who knows? But like, and Adam just didn't. So when, you know, they were up with that last episode, the writers didn't really seem to care all that much. So, so yeah. They just sort of left it hanging. 
<laughs> so going on with the scene, though, I kind of it's it's fascinating to me that like okay, so Rachel is moping down the because um, down the hallway, and like Kurt's like, okay, you know what? I have to go be with my friend. Like, go away, Adam. I have stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, okay, so maybe you guys can explain this to me, because this has always, always confused me. So he tries to, like, cheer up, like, hey, there's open call for, you know, for a funny girl. Why don't we go do some fun things? He's trying to, like, you know, hey, let's pretend that stuff didn't really happen. It doesn't matter. Let's just be friends again. And she's like, no, you go. You'll be, you'll make an ep- ec- excellent Fanny Bryce. I'm like, what the hell does that I mean? I wish I could explain that to you, because I never got it either. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, it kind of felt like she was trying to be sassy and burn him and drop the mic like he did previously in their apartment, but is just so upset about it that it comes out sounding sad. I don't even know. I feel like she was being serious, and I still don't understand it. (laughs) Like... I mean, well, I can see what RB means, but I I don't know. It's like it feels, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I love Kurt. Fanny Bryce is not the the role for him. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But who knows? No. Okay, so then. I, the next scene has got to be the bedroom thing. It is. It? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow, he wears a lot of black in this episode. He wears a lot of black in this entire season. He's still in mourning. You know when he does not wear black? Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. His suit is black. I, okay, fine. <laughs> Actually, no, we made the comment um, back in Sadie Hawkins that he starts to add a little bit of color to his wardrobe. He's wearing, mm-hmm. like, blues and stuff like that. And even, like, doesn't he wear white in this episode at some point? The vest he's wearing over the gray and maroon shirt is, is white in the front, okay. black in the back. But, yeah, Kurt still, yeah, when he's, you know, when he doesn't, um, wonderful. That's when he's colorful. That's when Ryan Murphy wanted to do orange again. Um, but, yeah, this That's entire. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> Never getting over that. He just walks into the writer's room and says, let's do an episode about orange. <laughs> So weird. Like why? Why? Why, why orange? Is on Netflix or who? I don't know. Was he tripping on acid or something? I mean, I mean blue should be on. Okay. Be on orange is underappreciated, and it doesn't rhyme with anything. <laughs> and it oh also my. makes really good juice. On a side tangent, completely. <laughs> there is an, I don't know. I'm really tired. They're, they're it's making even better with some prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, they one, made, day, one day, all y'all are going to end up in the same location as me, and I'm just going to take y'all to an epic brunch. Oh, Not my children. We shall brunch. We will be I'm ready. Can we you just see our B leading with like an alcohol bottle? Come on, ladies. <laughs> Like some amazing lunchtime Piper. Yeah, that's oh, me. On there's, you know the the YouTuber Hannah Hannah Hart. Yeah, no, she sometimes does. Oh well, she's a YouTuber and she does my drunk kitchen, and she will sometimes do my drunk kitchen though. 
Yeah, I that's Hannah Hart. I didn't know her name. Okay. So sometimes she will like do, um, she'll make a mimosa, and I use that term very, very loosely because basically she will open a <laughs> bottle of champagne, take two drinks out of it, or prosecco or whatever, take two or three drinks out of it, pour the rest of like pour like eh, a cup of orange juice in it, and call it a mimosa. So that is what I imagine RB drinking at brunch. And you would be correct. With a swizzle straw. You it's like would... a glass of champagne with just a splot of so orange So one of my favorite places to go has a mimosa bar that is part of the bottomless brunch because God bless bottomless brunch. Yeah, yo. Uh, but Anywhere so we go needs to have a bottomless brunch. Do what? Where we go needs to have a bottle of this brunch because oh god yes because I, I find that bottom, um but they have <laughs> they have a mimosa bar so you can pour your own and they have all sorts of mixers and it's great and depending on how far along in the brunch it is I'm not even adding any mixer for coloring <laughs> it's like what's this? Yep. champagne oh, boy well, uh, y'all should join me everybody well, listening come join me it'll be great. Okay. okay. We can go back to Syria. If I could be there, I would be there. Yeah. Yeah, me too. God, could you just imagine what we'd be like in person if this is how we're like on we the We should really, do, we should all go visit RB. Somehow mm-hmm. we had to get snarky involved in this. Yes. And have yes. a live podcast. I'm oh my all God. for it. It would just be us laughing and falling Finish the podcast and then talk about plans for the future. <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> One more scene. Come on, guys. Okay. All right, everybody. We want to talk about our feelings and our original pain. <laughs> we want to talk about our core wounds. Here's, Come on. Here is my soul wound. <laughs> Okay, so we have this one scene. Um, we've seen it before because it happens about every four episodes. So my uh, is how Kurt keeps having to go in and prop Rachel up. Yes. Right. Now, okay, so here's my thing. Um, this is going to sound reminiscent of season three. Here's my thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a nice scene. Um, Rachel's feeling sorry for herself. Kurt says, you know, you're awesome. You're a diva. You're a uh, diva, not just because you're annoying, but because you are awesome. And this is reminds me of the speech he gave her in Born This Way. And subsequently through all of season three and most of season four so far. Um, I think on its own, it's fine. It works for me just fine. I, You know, it's part of their friendship. Um, but at the same time, it's like, God, how many times do we have to watch this particular scene? Right. I see my issue with the scene is it's not that he keeps having to tell her she's awesome. It's that he has to tell her she's awesome it, because he he won. So it's like he can't even enjoy his win because mm-hmm. he's too worried about her because she's so depressed. And I have weird, conflicted feelings about that because on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, he's such a good friend. He's worried about her. He doesn't want her to be so upset. But on the other hand, I'm just like, can't you just own it for five minutes? I mean, good Lord, the emotional labor that he has to do every time Rachel hits a stumbling block is mind boggling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it does balance out a bit in season five. And, but it's just, I think this, and you know, after this, even after this, he doesn't really have to do this again with her um, Mm -hmm. in the season. But yeah, at this point, it's kind of like, why can't he just enjoy this win? Like, 
And why does she have to be so fragile all the time? And I guess that is a part of her character. I mean, Finn used to do this kind of stuff, you know, lift her back up too. So, okay. But it just, I guess it gets tiring after a while. I just, it upsets me because, I mean, Kurt struggled so much for these small victories. And he gets one, and it's sort of like he can't even enjoy winning for once in his life because he has to go in and, and make sure that Rachel's okay. Mm-hmm. And I love I love Rachel. I don't hate her. I love her what she is. I love her friendship. I like her. But I just, it, it's, yes, it is emotionally exhausting yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. to watch him go through that. Every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And and that, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily an issue with Rachel as a character more than it is a, an issue with the writers oh, who yeah. just can't let Kurt have one. Well, you know God what else going to happen? Because <laughs> well, they don't Bert. like smiling Kurt. Smiling Kurt does not sell, you know, whatever. Crying Kurt just brings in all the crying, fangirls. Crying but, Kurt sells it. See, but so, his style is so adorable. But, yeah. <laughs> I agree, Pam. Um, the thing is, though, because Kurt is, you know, not going to be this, the one to do this all the time. Actually, it gets shifted to Mercedes. And she actually mm-hmm. did this somewhat in season two as well. But, you know, in seasons five and six, and more so in six, she's going to be the one that does the emotional heavy lifting with Rachel because Kurt's busy doing other things. So it's frustrating that this is repetitive in her character that it's like, at what point is she ever going to believe in herself? You know, it's so funny because for a character who has so much confidence and who keeps going out and doing things, and who is one, so self-involved the way she is, is so extremely insecure. Yeah, and it's not unrealistic. There's a lot of people like there are a lot of people like that, but it's just I don't know. It's for as big. It, okay, how would I put it this way? For as big as this episode starts off with the storyline, like Kurt telling her off and everything, it feels like. It ends maybe not in the most satisfying way. I mean, this could have lasted for a couple of episodes and been maybe right. a little bit more interesting. If it's almost sense. anticlimactic. I would have enjoyed the, their feud going into feud oh, and then be being fun. resolved. Mm-hmm. And instead of their feud kind of ending up being them against Santana. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Although... Bitch took my pillow is still one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna say Kirk really isn't even in feud, which is unfortunate. So, like, yeah. Oh, there is one more scene. I almost forgot this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> did, it's did I post that? Isn't that on my thing? Did I forget that? It yeah, is. No, you have it on the very okay. end. Because after they've made up and they're friends and they're I don't know what they're doing at the table when she comes in while singing, but she walks in and she's singing this girl is on fire yep and Santana announces that she will now be living there <laughs> without calling without telling them she's well, just I'm gonna have, be there they don't have a choice she's decided <laughs> I love that they just kind of take her into like okay <laughs> oh man so and and yeah. I appreciate I mean Santana coming to New York was one of the best decisions that they made so I yeah. wish they had done it sooner yeah, and brought in, and gotten Mercedes there too. Yep. Yep. So, I have to say, this episode, you know, as much fun 
as the diva in this is at the beginning with that one Humbleberry scene and Rachel versus Kurt. It's much less dramatic than everything that happens over on the Lima side. Mm-hmm. So, but but it's nice that like it's thematic all the way through. Like the the two, because Santana coming over to New York kind of ties the whole episode together. It and does. there's divas everywhere. It's a much better filler type episode than like Naked was. I don't even call some of the filler. plots didn't quite quite work. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd call it filler, filler because okay, filler, it, it might not be quite plot. filler, but yeah. But I mean, as far as like storylines go, though, this episode feels like it's a lot more cohesive than than Naked was or oh, yeah. Well, yeah. some other episodes. Yeah, but I do think, and I'll even argue back to Glee, actually, but really starting at Sadie Hawkins, this whole stretch is just really good all mm-hmm. the way up until um, Guilty Pleasures. It's one of my favorite stretches to sit and just watch a bunch of episodes. This stretch would, would be it, so. I would even go so. back to, I mean, I really like Swan Song, so I would even go back as far as that. I, You know, and I will even argue. You, you can go back to Thanksgiving in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you Dynamic could go duets. back to Dynamic Duets. Dynamic Duets through Guilty Pleasures. It's like a light went on in the writers' room, and they finally figured out what they were doing. Well, see, and even you can tack on the breakup episode to that, and but like, season four is pretty good. <laughs> so, but like those those few in between the breakup and Dynamic Duets, they feel like an like a halt stop. It's like nothing yeah. is really progressing. I don't know. Well, it's, it's all the movie a, stuff. That's why. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. So yeah, that's that's kind of the episode. Unless there's anything that you guys wanted to interject. I just Arby, like how you have any thing and then show us? up at Kurt and Rachel's apartment. Yeah, she's not holding uh, foliage, so it's probably it looks like it could be a it's good thing. Okay, she took that magical train from Ohio to New I York. She had her suitcase. She did, but she's not holding any foliage. Oh. Foliage. So this leans into what is one of my favorite moments of the episode that does not actually have to do with the New York side. Yeah. But is Sue talking to Santana, talking about don't you kids have jobs? <laughs> How do you earn your money to magically go back and forth in the you know in the mm. quick way that you do? Why don't you have jobs? <laughs> right. I mean, well, her. They're her singing for their supper. That is 100% one of my favorite things. <laughs> I wonder if that's why in season five they gave them all jobs. <laughs> Probably. Well, like, jobs. It's a little unrealistic for them all not to be working. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, well, so I just wanted to only works on friends. Today for the first time and <laughs> smile and it's now one of my favorite things. But I love Sue, so... Yeah. Okay. Also, not in in this side of the episode, but can I just say that I need Emma to read the Urban Dictionary like <laughs> time. Yeah. Her definition of diva had me on the floor. This episode is is a lot of fun, though. I think it it's is. Just it kind of you know. Again, I think just in Sadie Hawkins, there's a lighter tone to this half of the season, and it's just a lot of fun. But, you know, the so. first half of the season is very heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of hard topics. There's a lot of, I mean, you have, you know, long distance relationships. You have breaking up. You have, you know, 
new people who weren't really fitting in. You have the uh, anorexia storyline, and you have the storyline about Unique wanting to play Rizzo in the in the musical and not getting to do what you have. Uh, the Glee Club screwing up and ending up losing sectionals, so they had to disband. I mean, it's a very, I mean, dark time. It's really dark. Mm-hmm. That's why For they're a show that's as lighthearted as Glee can be. It was, it was really dark. Well, and this whole, like I said, the, at the beginning of the season, especially, this whole season is kind of draped in a black until wonderful, really, when they, when, yeah. <laughs> our, our, uh, Which, when and it's really like, fascinating to think about because on the flip side of that, with what happens, you know, with Corey, and then season five is so light. Yeah, and I think that's why they, mm-hmm. because of the heaviness that happens, I think that's yeah. one reason why they kept it that way. So. I mean, aside from the quarterback, we all knew so. that one was going to be heavy. Yeah. So well, on, I, did... on that note. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I did want to bring up one little sure. thing, just because you have it in your in your oh, uh, sure. post, is that they're actually, you know, you talked about how there's really no claim technically in this episode, but there are a lot of little callbacks to them. There like, are, but um, they're mostly on in, on the Blaine side because we did bring them up when we talked oh, you about did. that stuff. Okay. Yeah, we did. And there's also a lot of like they start to do this. They did it in Sadie Hawkins, Sadie Hawkins, and they kind of do this all the way through Guilty Pleasures and the most blatantness and Guilty Pleasures. Um, they edit whoever the editor was was very aware of cutting back between Kurt and Blaine because that happens quite a bit. Okay, so that kind of wraps everything up. I want to thank my three divas for being here and being awesome. And not very diva-like. I was expecting cat fights, and I did not get that, so. I'm tired. <laughs> we were trying to... Someone go tea. make me some tea. I'll <laughs> <laughs> your tea. Yeah. Uh, make you a hot toddy. How about mm-hmm. that? Are those Meyer lemons? I can't have those. <laughs> if you guys haven't already, um, go listen to the Blaine side, which is just as diva-tastic. Um, and I make even worse jokes over there. And if you've already done that, hold your breath for a week because next week is the big one. It's I do. So we'll see you Woo-hoo. next Sunday. My missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just guessing At numbers and figures Pulling the puzzles apart Would you love me Even with my dark side Somebody let me come through Hello